litigation star. Oh, wow. I feel like I'm in someone else's car and I, I'm the one who gets to pick the music. When you're riding shotgun with someone new, it's like, I'm not going to just take over the aux cord, but here we are. Hi, my name's Kim Henry, and this is not Media Literate. It is a subsidiary of Media Literate called Hot Take 2 with Julia Elizabeth Evans. And I'm a guest, but also for some reason introducing this, which I'm very nervous about. How am I doing, Julia? You're doing great. We're all still trying to figure this out. Um, <laughs> we are here doing an extended hot take too, which is a new segment of this, of the media literate universe. And uh, the reason why is because the Oscars was this Sunday. In the weeks or week or days leading up to the Oscars, how did you prepare for? Okay, well, I, I really wanted to watch a good chunk of the movies for the Oscars. I, my goal was three. And I watched Licorice Pizza, which is the end of the list of movies that I watched for the Oscars. I look, I, I have a whole podcast, like we have a whole segment on this show about how I don't watch good movies in a timely manner. So I feel like this is on brand. I, it, what would we do if I showed up and I was like, yeah, I've watched every single one of the Oscars, canon, 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 all of them. It wouldn't be a fun, it would not be a fun conversation. Moreover, I think that's part of this conversation is how, right? I, yeah, tell I, me, were they right? Were the Oscars right or wrong this year? Well, I don't, part of me is just a little overwhelmed by just how much, how many movies there are, but we looked it up before we started this segment and this this recording, and we realized that actually there's not more movies nominated than any other year. It's just yeah. that there's just more stuff to watch in general. <laughs> and also my bandwidth is um, probably literally smaller because... We, I, I moved and my apartment doesn't have the best internet, but also emotionally, I like, I'm here for Seth Meyers corrections segments on YouTube and like just late night, old liberal white men, just like, tell me the news and make really bad jokes that my parents would make. And that's all I can watch. <laughs> so my well, favorite movie of the year was Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, well, that's what I'm bringing to the table today. I like a good student, like a good MF, um, USC School of Cinematic Arts student, watched all of the movies leading up to the Oscars, <laughs> as in all of the Best Picture nominees. So in my favorite movie of, of the year, not just of the Best Pictures nominees, was Drive My Car, directed by Ryusuke Hamaguchi, also written by Ryusuke Hamaguchi. And you know what, Kim, going back to um, your preparation for the Oscars and watching licorice pizza yeah i want to compare those two i want okay. to compare licorice pizza and drive my car as as a way to talk about why i love licorice no why i love drive my car so much oh uh, did you not like licorice pizza honestly i am very ambivalent about it and what uh -huh. I, before i i think it's worthwhile to just acknowledge that licorice pizza is cool because it it seems like everybody has a very strong opinion about it they either don't like it at all or they are all about it uh-huh. And I'm just really kind of straightforwardly in the middle. I think it's great that a movie, I mean, that's why it's best it's nominated because it is a movie that evo um, evokes reactions. Uh, we And I don't think it's really like, because I think Drive My Car warrants so much because I just loved it so much. I think that's what warrants this conversation. So the reason why I'm comparing these two is because both they're quite long. There's car. Well, there's, there's like, there's a car. I think there's a actually, moving the thing that I did, I'm still talking about licorice pizza, but actually the one thing that I did was not ambivalent about with licorice pizza 
and there's cars outside. Um, Drive my car past he's the Julia's house. A lot of running. Like we, we think of LA, you think of them yes! running around. Like that's such a cool idea. There's so car? many shots of them like running toward each other. And I'm like, I PTA, yeah. you're doing a symbol, aren't you? Right. I was all about that. But so the th- thing that I thought was similar between the two movies and was just the, the narrative structure, just kind of shaggy and, and, and kind of a little bit freewheeling and just rolling mm-hmm. along and following these people in a very specific point in their lives mm-hmm. uh, rather than telling a very big story about, you know, like a place that's in a different, you know, just essentially just rolling around with these, along with yeah. these characters as they're experiencing something. It's kind of uh, like a series of vignettes, at least with my experience with licorice pizza. Like, okay, okay, now it's the the waterbed time and now it's, we're selling the waterbeds. Exactly. No, yeah. exactly. And that's, that's true. I and mean, in some ways with, uh, with Drive My Car, just vignettes. I mean, the opening, um, before you even get to the title credits, I forget, I think it's like 40 minutes or so. It takes 40 <laughs> minutes so you get to, not the title credits, but to, before you get to the title of the movie. And that's uh-huh. in itself, that's, in a, that would be a vignette. Um, uh, so, but what I think is the really simple commentary that I have about Drive My Car mm-hmm. is that it is a movie that is very, it's a movie that is telling a story about relationships mm-hmm. and it's in, in, it's doing it in somewhat of a simple way. We're just seeing this person, you know, organizing these, this uh, play for a um, Chekhov, Uncle Vanya performance after he's lost his wife mm-hmm. and um it's just telling it with so much soul you know yeah I what I thought was in, there's a what I thought was impact the movie itself is quite is impeccable and given the you know whether it's the the actual culture of Japan or you know the place it being set in Japan and it being a Japanese director and everything all of those things there's a minimalism to it that is just so natural and organic. It's not forced. It's very, it's also, again, just, yeah, this is very natural and organic. And what I was so impressed or so, and not even impressed, like, oh, how did they do that? I was just really moved by the fact that you can have such a simple movie that is filled with so much soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, you left that movie or I left that, I saw it in theaters, you know, it's three hours. I saw it in theaters and you know, at the end, when I left the theater, I just felt a sense of uh, like wonder, and I felt a sense of like literariness. Like I want to go home and write a poem, you know. Ooh, wow. Okay, That's- this movie really did it for you. I I was going to say earlier that you were not convincing me to watch this movie when you said like forty minutes in title card. I was like, right. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> um. And, you know, that's actually probably one thing that I really enjoyed about Licorice Pizza and why I've struggled to watch movies is that I get to a point in a movie where I'm like, I need to know where you're going with this. Like, let's, let's, let's do this. Come on, come on. And and Licorice Pizza just opens and it's like, okay, this is a teenage boy and this is an adult woman. And they're like, he's like, I'm just going to act like a 30 year old man this whole time. And so you immediately right off the bat, get his whole character and what Paul Thomas Anderson is trying to do with the like child actors in this movie. And then he's like, I want to ask you on a date. And then that's just the movie. 
I was like, oh, I know exactly where this is going. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, now I'm going back to the concept of best picture and best picture nominee, best picture winner. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, in the movie, the movie that won is Coda, which was an mm-hmm. incredible movie. I, as a person with, as a deaf person, that, that thoroughly moved me that that, not only that movie won, but um you know all of the accolades that come with that that came with that movie that we'll talk about later in this this little segment mm-hmm. but what that movie did that was i think the reason for that i was it was very easy to predict that it was going to win is that it was very clear about the storytelling like okay. <laughs> uh you know just i i don't know specific lines but there were specific things like she needs to sing louder you know rather than and just telling us what were essentially supposed to know as an audience and not uh-huh. trying to have us guess not trying to like have us and there's just like no questions there's no none of the nothing about the movie begged any questions it just encouraged us to lean in and and feel what's going on Mm -hmm. and relate to the characters um that is that's that's just good storytelling it's really yeah it's just good storytelling and at the end of the day too um I think when what you're saying like if you when the storyteller is clear the, the director the writer the producers are very clear about what they're what they're going for or the story that they're telling mm-hmm. as an audience are more thoroughly moved I mean at the end of Coda I was sobbing you know I was sobbing in like a really bright and beautiful way like I'm so happy this. I'm so what a great experience just and so I, you know I was gonna watch Coda before I was gonna watch uh licorice pizza and I was like Apple TV so you have to have Apple TV subscription yep I had mm-hmm. to like text my sister who lives in New York City and I was like, I hope that she's awake because I'm in the, the LA and she was yeah. like, of course, so here you go. Oh and my I- gosh. Shout out to Julia, by the way, because this is not only an issue I have with Apple TV, but with the Oscars every single year, I am like, it's going to be easier to stream the Oscars this year, right? Because they're so upset that nobody ever fucking watches their show. And it's like, well, either you have cable or life is extremely it. difficult. Like it, right? Exactly. So I, so I had the same uh, lot, like, thought process actually. But I like, wait, back from what set. I usually do is well, no. Listen, I, I came back from set and I, I was like, oh, it's about five fifteen. Oh shoot, the Oscars are starting already. And let me just turn. I look my in my mind. I was like, let me just turn it on because they want everyone to be watching this thing, and it's mm-hmm. going to be like the Olympics. Like the Olympics are quite easy to watch, and then no, you had. Like the ABC app was just not happening. And then I was like, oh, I got to get into, I got to gotta call my parents. Hope they're awake still. Mm-hmm. And I called my parents and they gave me their cable input. And then Kim texted me right after I got it and was like, hey, man. And I was like, dude, I just went through this. <laughs> Here is my parents' cable login information. And we yeah. both jammed out. I mean, we talked about our, I talked about my favorite movie. You talked about your or you mentioned your favorite movie which happened to not get nominated um yeah but it was one of the top five stand up and cheer moments of all of cinema history apparently yeah can we just you saw that i mean just let's maybe remind what was the what was your favorite it was my favorite movie of the year was spider-man no way home oh i said far from home at first yeah it's no way home the most recent spider-man um and it is like the entire movie is like, oh my God, this is happening. Oh my God, this is happening. Oh my God, this it's, it's so wonderful. But uh, yeah, that was one of the top stand up and cheer moments of film history, which included like 
the least stand up and cheer moment that they listed was uh neo doing like the bullet time thing in the matrix and then there was something from there was dream girls when she's saying and i am telling you i'm not going which is amazing it was that was a confusing countdown I yeah would, that is the best one what, is the fucking are these uh, is this when, publicity for these movies that have already come like so many pains so these? little sad no, so i think like, it was a what? twitter vote which uh, is really sad the oscars was like how do we get people to watch maybe we'll have a twitter vote and in the end twitter i think probably did have a lot to say about the oscars but that's a conversation for another time um, get there we'll get there and we'll get there in a short and concise way when we do talking okay. about let's let's reflect on the notes. ceremony yeah i'm ready for this let's go uh, so i have my two favorite moments of the oscars and my two cringiest moments of the oscars besides the obvious uh which I like these cringe moments. I was convinced. I believed that this is the conversation we would be having. But as far as the best one goes, um, number two on my top two list is Tracy Ellis Ross's uh, breasts. Um, her dress was so good. Her dress was amazing. It was gorgeous. And but the whole time I was so worried that she was going to have a nip slip because of the way that they were like being supported and I was just like oh my god we're so close oh my god it's gonna oh my uh, uh. but it also you know what I think it might have been intentional because they looked amazing every time I was like oh no that's her titty I was like you know what this is artful this is fashion like that's a contour yeah. boob so I do believe it was probably intentional and I just wanted to like hug her very very close to me I also want to say I appreciate your commentary on this you know it I think it just gives us more, or you're just like exciting and encouraging all of us uh, ladies to. to <laughs> yeah, to would you wear like a, little, uh, a dress like, I mean, I, yeah, well, I'm a proud member of the itty bitty. To have those contours and to just be okay with things be, yeah, being out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, she was out there. Oh, out there, yes. out there, culturally, that, that was fashionably. Let's, yeah, that, I want to let's make that a moment like that was absolutely a moment also it was really funny watching her in like all of her like she's solid like definition of a brick house in mm. this dress and she was standing next to Sean Mendez who looked like he was gonna like be blown away by like the slightest flick of her hair <laughs> like oh, he yeah. was just like what are, what what okay yeah what a what an awkward like pairing of presenters uh, thinking about presenters actually i want to just slide in and say my favorite yeah go full pre uh, presenters were tiffany haddish and uh it was the um the shang chi Lu. movie guy yeah Lu, the shang chi Lu. movie and yeah. he is now like huh he is, is he your crush yeah, he's my he's my major crush. I mean that Versace red suit, like I the red, yes. And then she looked so good in the green velvet. I love green velour. Oh, yeah. And they were just kind of like having a little little. Yeah, little, they were flirting. There was some... what it's about, and it was really sweet. And I could, you know, that's what we wanted out of the whole show. Yeah, there was definitely a moment where she was like, she said something to him, and I was like, that's a double entendre. They're gonna bone. Oh, I know, right? And that's and... what the Oscars all about. That little like. Yeah, I just love I love that. So uh, my number one moment of the night is a another speech. Actually, this one was not a presenter. It was an award winner for best animated short. And they went up, it was made by a team and they went up together. So I don't know which one is which, but the short that won was the windshield wiper. And it was made by 
Alberto Mielgo and Leo Sanchez Barbosa. And one of them said the most amazing, like he had a really tight speech, tighter than what I'm saying right now. And he said, um, adult animation, which is unfortunate phrasing because it makes it sound like hentai, but still adult animation is a fact. It's happening. Let's call it cinema. Mm. And I just died. I was like, that is so gorgeous. I, I loved that he came up there with a message. He came up there like ready to stump for his art and like got in, got out, perfect speech. So I just wanted to give a shout out to those guys. Um, I thought it was gorgeous and like a really true statement that we sort of assume like the best animated films, they're always kid films or the ones that win are basically always like Pixar or Disney or DreamWorks or what have you. Um, and I was surprised because Flea has been getting so, so, so much right, hate. Right, right. Um, but because it's not Encanto, which is yeah, like, it's kinda, which yeah. was really good. But, you know, like, it's so hard for a movie that is animated and for adults is, like, for that to win. So I was really proud of that speech. That was my, like, number one moment of the Oscars, I think. Too cringiest? Speaking of Encanto? Or do you have another one? Well, I'll say, I'll say, um, I like, because I think it always works when you have these, these little countdowns, even though we were making fun of the Oscars for their... This is watchmojo.com. Yeah, watch you know what? Watchmojo.com is is another way of going to USC film school, I think. Um (laughs) so the my I guess my second favorite moment, or just the one that comes to mind now, is when the the Godfather 50th anniversary moment. I knew it was coming. I also knew that it was the Godfather 50th anniversary because I just that's the movie that I watch with my dad every year. I'm Italian, mm-hmm. my grandmother's Italian, and my dad loves that and just mm-hmm. doesn't think, he only thinks that he's Italian, even though we're only a little bit Italian. Uh, so yeah, so when P. Diddy walks out, I was like, huh, he's not a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He's presenting this in, important film or like presenting the fact that this film is one of the most, if not the most important films of American, you know, cinema history. Yeah. What that meant. And so I was like, there's this moment where I was confused and then just a second later, I was like, oh, I was not. I was just like, oh, this is what this means. The fact that this guy, P. Diddy, I mean, his being a gangster rapper. Mm-hmm. And then also this is a sh- this is the movie about gangsters, Italian gangsters. Mm-hmm. That's there. Like, I get that. But what it really means to me or in that moment, I under- felt like it meant is that this movie is essential to culture. You wouldn't you wouldn't have actually a filmmaker present this. You would have somebody that's from a different sphere of, of art. Mm-hmm. It's like showing that this like I want to mark this moment too with every yeah. film world. Um, so that was a really cool moment for me, and I felt like really a very sincere and very, um, yeah, really ceremonial part of the show. I maybe because we are film people, I always I never want the Oscars to just be truncated into four hours. I'm like, oh, I'd love to see this like real <laughs> marathon thing, and I would have yeah. loved for just a few more moments and like a few more minutes, and even maybe like some clips. Okay, so I'll just say last year there was no clips played at all in the Oscars, and this year they brought them back, and <laughs> they were great. They were yeah. great. Yeah. Oh man. No, I, I really love the, I, it makes me feel better as someone who's watching from home, because if you're actually in the Dolby theater, then you're watching like 
I mean, you're probably sitting next to Zendaya, which is also very dope, but then you have to watch it from far away and, and it doesn't like sort of eclipse the whole moment the way it does when it's like edited onto my screen. So I, I like it. It makes me feel I like I'm getting a privileged like view. A, and it's so cool that you just described that, Kim, because mm-hmm. I think that everybody has thought, had this thought before and we're like, oh, we get to have a little more special experience than the, the hard, <laughs> small, weird, liminal space of like the, the Oscar clips. Mm-hmm. So my favorite moment uh, of the Oscars was when um, Troy Kutzer mm-hmm. won for Best Supporting Actor um, for his role in CODA. Um, and it was specifically the moment when uh, Ya Jung mm-hmm. was, uh, well, first off, she learned how to do sign to say his name when he won. And she learned how to sign his name. And second off, when he came up, she was, you could just feel it obvious it was so obvious is all of her emotions so so beautiful mm-hmm. how much like how much joy she had and just yeah. to give him this award like I'm getting chills everywhere she was holding his Oscar so that he could give his speech mm-hmm. and I just was so thoroughly moved um I mean I think anybody and everybody was so thoroughly moved by that moment perhaps I'm especially because of my hearing loss I'm I'm a deaf person and I don't sign but I just what it means to me to see that and just have it be so like had that moment when everybody's you know signing their applause it's just it's so mm-hmm. cool that we're all just kind of coming around to these things and yeah that moment can happen and yeah. the world can see it. that was something I actually really appreciated um because I remember a while ago I can't even remember what year uh Parasite came out but no one in that cast was nominated for mm-hmm. best actor or actress which sucks because they were so incredible and so to have her the next year win the award but then also just watching the clip of um what was his name again I'm sorry yeah I I still trying to get it in hard for me to get names the sounds of them because of my lot hearing loss but Troy Kutzer okay Troy Kutzer so being able to see him do that performance and have them literally just show him signing as like no this is a performance that even though it's not through a language that we speak it's conveying something and then to have the like it was just really wonderful it's wonderful to watch us start to emote and connect to people who are not speaking like american spoken english i totally agree with you and i think that that was and it's hard and it's this ineffable thing of that experience Mm -hmm. it's really just the experience of like somebody else right of like seeing that as one of the clips talking about clips Mm -hmm. I remember something about that seeing that clip on there amongst all the other clips and I was like you know this is different Mm -hmm. this is really different and um it's a moment here and it's really cool to to experience that and like we're still processing it and it's cool to be part of that it's it's just it was just lovely and it was lovely that that she uh, young Ya Ya Jung Ya Jung was the one to per- give that give the award and how yeah. she was so filled with authentic and sincere joy and emotion. I just love that moment. That was my favorite moment of the Oscars. That's so nice. Yeah. Man. Do you want to get negative now? Oh, let's get like funky like, and fun. Kinda, yeah. Gonna, let's get, I don't know. I don't know if I have a countdown in this in this category. I'll I'll like tee it off. So so Kim. Really? Yeah. 
Kimberly Henry, in your best amazing uh, commentary way, uh, can you tell us what were the two most cringe for you moments of the Oscars? Yeah, I absolutely fucking can. Uh, number one, I was really actually very excited to hear We Don't Talk About Bruno live because I've only very recently seen Encanto while I was babysitting and I was like, oh shit, this is good. Like I only ever heard the first verse, which is kind of basic. And then it like builds really well. It does just like- It a- does, it builds, it's like layer, layer, layer. It's amazing. Uh, and then Megan the Stallion comes out and I was thrilled. I was like, whoa, 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 yeah. wait a second. They got Meg. Very to, cool like, concept. Stallion. And she's rapping. And I'm like, this is an original verse. Right. They got Megan the Stallion to write an original verse for a remix of We Don't Talk About Bruno. This is incredible. And then I started hearing the lyrics. And they had her do a verse about how great the Oscars were. <laughs> and then they had other people come out and do more new verses and they rewrote the chorus of we don't talk about bruno to say time to celebrate oscars and it's just no stop oh my god it's a lot that's a lot like this is already a meme it's like (laughs) if they had actually no one no this would be incredible if steve buscemi steve buscemi came out in like the skater outfit and was like hello fellow youths but uh that would be what great. Is this is Sorry, what is the Steve Buscemi reference? Oh, this is a you don't know that meme. The <laughs> hello fellow youths and Steve Buscemi is dressed up as a as a kid and he's holding a skateboard to be Sounds great. Like a teenager. It's he's amazing. Any, Steve Buscemi anything, you know. Yes, truly. Uh but it really is just the Oscars taking something that people are already annoyed by. Like it's a meme <laughs> that has already died. <laughs> And they're like, like the timing is horrible. They're just like, let's. And then they made it about them, and it's just the absolute thirstiest. Too bad, y'all. Like these little, like this is. They're such simps. This is this is cuck behavior. I'm an incel now. That's that's what they've done to me. They've turned me into an incel in my last year of film school. (laughs) Here we go. I will always like. So going back to why I want to, the Oscars to be like a marathon, like a Godfather part one, part two marathon on TNT or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, with commercials and all, like I'm here for it. It's funny because I used to kind of feel this, like, I don't know, just as anybody would, I'd be like, eh, why do we, why are they long? They're so long. And now as a filmmaker that just knows every single part of this goddamn craft, I'm just mm-hmm. like, I want to watch all of it. It's so <laughs> and it's all like candy, and it's so cool to see who wins and like see where they're coming from and who they want to thank. And but like, that's the a- thing. I think that the Oscars really is coming from your perspective. They're yeah, like, we exactly. love this, and right. we cannot figure out how oh, to make it cool for other people. Right. And they've tried oh. to take out categories, and now they're like, okay, well, if we if we want people who aren't huge fucking nerds. Yeah. To enjoy this show. Do we like remix Encanto? Should we do should we do a you we don't talk about Bruno remix? Is that it? Come on, guys. This is so much fun. Like, look at us. <laughs> like, we're all pretty too. Like, we're really pretty looking too. I know. Yeah. They're just like You're right. That's a that's they exactly. love it too much exactly. to figure out how to make it no, appealing. <laughs> It was like either you like this or to be the the director of last year's and they were the worst ones they were oh yeah last year was horrible after that even though i was enjoying it and we got to see some stars and whatever 
I legit was like, wait, that felt like watching uh, a business conference. Like that was, not, <laughs> I mean, this was, I was yeah. like, what? Oh okay. yeah. Last year was rough. Oh God. It was rough. Uh, so what was your top? Okay. We- my favorite cringe moment. Okay. Can't wait. Was it's actually, it's kind of a twofer. It's like favorite cringe moment, anticipatory cringe mm-hmm. followed by deep satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So the cringe was Kevin Costner. Good God. I have heard people say like, oh, this speech is so long. And I agree. It was an incredibly, it was an incredibly long speech. He presented best director, but that wasn't my issue. Cause as soon as he got up there, I was like, (laughs) wait, is Kevin Costner actually from the South? Because he's talking like a cowboy. Like he's talking like the characters that I associate with Kevin Costner. Like, is he just playing a folksy man right now and then we googled it prior to this episode because like this is what research looks like at the graduate level where is he from julia where is he from linwood california which you know that this could be motherfucker a- is not that folksy yeah, Lin- i can't imagine linwood's folks as folksy as where i grew up in little rock arkansas yeah like this he was doing a little rock arkansas he was, he was up there like he, he was, was taking he was like my best friend Mary Catherine in this bitch like he was so much and then he gave out the award for jane campion who is uh cringe now in her essence like great filmmaker very important for women in the industry you can't come back from being like hey venus and serena i'm better than you this is good right i have a harder life than you yeah, like I know that you guys have struggled or whatever. I didn't see, but like I had Richard, to play with real but... men. I had to struggle against real men or whatever. And like also so awful because the whole point of I'm having is this like, hot take right now because like what? this is oh, the hottest take. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay, Don't yeah. ask you, Jane. Come on. Truly, and one of the major controversies of tennis and deciding who the best tennis player is the like men and women can't compete. So people like actively are having that debate pretty consistently whenever someone's like, Serena's the goat. And then some asshole's like, well, could she compete against the men? (laughs) So anyway, she got up and I was fucking worried. I was like, what is this bitch going to say? I was too. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if she was nervous. I wonder. No, who knows? Who knows? She might have that kind of self reflexivity she might be like yeah, 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 exactly. introspecting like, like man her. how do I'm I not offering that to her <laughs> yeah uh and she got up there and I was like this bitch is gonna throw some shade and it's gonna be really uncomfortable for everybody and who is going to be the target and she says thank you Kevin that was very uh, dramatic and I died dead it was the best moment I thought I thought it would be the best moment of the Oscars and then it maybe wasn't the most cringe moment of the Oscars. It was really not like Kevin Costner up there. Was being that before like, well, what is filmmaking? Honestly, so here's the thing is I was high. So like, I don't, I'm pretty sure that Can all of the things that I remember happened before. So the Kevin Costner bit, let me just, mm-hmm. as a fucking, as a film nerd, I guess, Jesus Christ. And maybe as somebody from labeled, Rock, Arkansas, you. no, it's true. Like, and maybe because I'm somebody from Little Rock, Arkansas, and it's just something about the way he talked about film and his experience of it moved me. And I was like, God damn it, Kevin Costner, like, 
the way that he talked about the cautious hands of the director and the cautious, you know, and the going yeah. there and being there for, I think he talked about watching um, how the West was one, which is a, an incredible film that's very long. And I don't know, I just- Maybe I was he was there. doing an homage. That's what it was. It felt like an homage. And I, but I also appreciated it was just me being a filmmaker being like, yeah, man, this stuff is hard and it's also so valuable and meaningful. Thank you, Kevin Costner. But I also appreciate that you and Jane were over there like, what, dude? Like, who is this guy? Jane is there with you like, uh. And I, was I don't know how I feel about being lumped in with her at yeah, this yeah, that's point what I'm in doing her right career. Like- yeah, I just did that. I just did that for Jane. I just did that for Jane. I didn't do that. Let's yeah, try and I fix her like- reputation by tying her to this. Uh, I'm tying her to Kim. Independent is, is, uh, master student side project podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. This very, very reflexive uh, student podcast. Yeah. So, like, let's think about the fact that's TV reflexive, right? So this mm-hmm. is, this is the segment's called Hot Take Two. It was a product on just of like, or like the point of this segment in our uh, media literate world is to just comment on things that are that are happening um, as they happen, right? Mm-hmm. So like the whole thing, like, like in case you don't only want to talk about Camera Lucida by Roland Bart and the death of the author. <laughs> maybe we can talk about things that happened after 1967 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. whatever we're, and we can talk about them like as they're happening and as they're, and as they're being processed because it's mm-hmm. fun because this is what we're doing uh like at the water cooler so this is what this is this is a little water cooler conversation um this is an extended version of it because um we love the oscars and we're film nerds um but let's get to like what is just a moment that has now become like everybody's hot everybody has a hot take on it so now we are giving we're not even we don't even need to get a hot take we're just here like the takes are cold yeah thank you the takes are cold they're not it's hilarious i mean it's not hilarious it's interesting how at like 8 39 p.m pacific standard time hot take was a word that was all over the internet. Like that phrase, hot take, and this, not to say that this is our word or this is our phrase. It's just interesting <laughs> that like film, Hollywood, whatever, this industry has created that term. Like hot take are tied to mm-hmm. tied to this world, tied to the world that we're discussing, that we're thinking about. And that yeah. you don't have a hot take on like you, the Ukrainian war, you know? You have a hot take <laughs> Do you on- know why? Because hot takes are inherently bad. Yeah. That's why. Because for a take to be hot, it has to be like so divergent from the the sort of like common thread take of like, okay, here's some facts and here's yeah. the thing. And for your take to be hot, you have to be like, okay, but what if now hear me out? <laughs> and any sentence you start like that is like, Oh, good God, please stop. No, no, no. I don't want to hear. <laughs> okay. Right. So, but what if yeah. sent Will Smith to Russia and he slapped Vladimir Putin? That's what my if? hot take, everybody. That's a th- you know that I would actually let's I'm going to re uh, rescind our thought that we're giving hot, giving only cold takes because that was a real hot take. That, that was, was a hot take. Ooh, I want to, that's, you, that's why you're the host, man. That's why you started the show off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, processing and i we don't even need to process will smith and chris rock because it's been processed right Mm -hmm. that's where we're saying 
Um, the major processing that needs to happen there is an interpersonal process. I am a spectator of television and cinema. And as a spectator, all I need to know about that shit was it was fucking iconic. And I can move the hell on. <laughs> exactly. dude. Thank you, Kim. And that's why you're getting paid or you're paying the big bucks to study at USC. <laughs> uh we're at like a, a net maybe, neutral uh, can I just my stipend but yes. yeah can, can I just plus loans can I just forward or like uh second the hot take of or apply some more flames to your hot take of having Will Smith go over and, and stretch oh so this is a military strategy now let's go let's I, do I, it yeah I'm writing this down and sending it off to uh Washington I think we should we should write this policy <laughs> out so anyway. if we can get see if we can get Kamala to Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Kamala. Oh my God. Sorry. Kamala Harris. Let's go. Yeah. Sorry. Kamala Khan is Miss Marvel, who is arguably a way cooler person than Kamala Harris. Sorry. But Kamala, you know, right after the slap happened, there was like a black famous summit right there. So (laughs) if she wasn't there, I'm sure they called her in or something so she could get Will Smith on the line. Yeah. And and I'm sure she's already had this thought and we're not even these. Yeah. Again, this is not hot. This is cold. I'm sure Kamala I think she went to Howard, so like she's thought of it. She's thought that Will Smith could be our next Russia military diplomacy, <laughs> um, hawkish. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, thanks you guys for listening. Um, this is fun. I I really like thinking about movies with you, and I really like thinking about culture with you, Kim, because you're so smart. And oh, thanks, Julia, and thanks everyone for listening to us. Like still do takes on this thing that we said we weren't going to do takes on but really please do if you can find uh any footage of tracy ellis ross standing next to sean mendez if he tripped and fell mm. he would get lost in her cleavage forever and never be found because he is a wife of a man and this woman's breasts are like the fucking tectonic plates it's like a planetary scale of awesomeness she's incredible mm.